Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Well, mock draft chatter. Trevor Sikkim is going to join us for the Western Hotline. Trevor, lead analyst, lead draft analyst, pro football focus. Jeremy and Joe with you on this mildly cloudy, nice day here in Buffalo. Trevor, good morning. Morning, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, good to have you back. I, I joked as we went to break. We had you on about a month ago. You mocked something other than receiver to the Bills. We bullied, <laughs> we bullied you a bit, and we're glad to see, you know, that uh, things have uh, fixed themselves. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, um, you know, as we get closer and closer to the draft, we will entertain other positions. But uh, for now, we're, we're we're happy to see it. Troy Franklin, a guy that we're going to have to get to know. So, um, whatever, if, how, however you feel about the, the the pool, the draft, tell us about Troy Franklin. Yeah, I, look, Troy Franklin's a, a fantastic football player. You, you look at this past year in particular; he graded out so well for us in a lot of the areas that you would love to see Buffalo get a little bit better when it comes to those deep passes. You know, I know that Oregon's offense, people kind of look at Bo Dix and they say like, oh, you know, it's just shorter passes, it's screen passes, it's things like that. But there were a handful of times every single week where he'd look deep, he'd look intermediate, whether it was over the middle, whether it was to the sideline. And Troy Franklin was off the guy, often the guy who was on the receiving end of a lot of those passes. And so he's somebody who forces a lot of missed tackles after the catch, which is a metric that we love to identify to your to use to identify true playmakers in the passing game guys that can separate themselves from just you know a, a good pass kind of hitting him in the hands doing something after it that extracurricular if you will so he is somebody that I think because of that you can use him in a variety of different ways so not only is he a confident deep uh, catch player with with good long speed and good vertical ability but he's also somebody that you can get in the, involved in the offense in a lot of different ways and so Franklin, I feel like when we talk about some of the best receivers in this class, he is not talked about enough as that potential impact first-round wide receiver. So I think he'd be a great fit in Buffalo. I really do. Yeah, one thing I saw, Charlie, there's a million different things you could get out of receivers in this draft. And one, the, the buzz phrase I'm going to be looking at the most for the Bills is, has potential number one ability. Because, you know, some guys play slots. Some guys play the boundary. Some guys move everywhere. Some guys are vertical threats versus shorter, intermediate guys. Um, does Franklin have that to you, the potential number one ability in there somewhere? Yeah, I think he does because of kind of what I, what I had mentioned is is you get this, like, three-layered ability from him. You know, I think he does a lot of work from the outside, like an outside lineman. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I can't remember too many opportunities where he was the true slot receiver. And so, I don't know, some people look at it number one as having a lot of that inside-out versatility and experience to them. Uh, but I kind of have faith that even if Franklin doesn't have a lot of experience in that area, that he would be able to do it. So because of, like I said, the playmaker that this guy is after the catch, uh, the kind of dynamic athlete that he becomes when the ball is in his hand when it comes to those forced missed tackles after the catch, the footwork and his releases to be able to gain that separation no matter what the defense is, whether it's close and press, whether he's got to eat up space on the outside. like This, to me, fills that definition that you have of – 
a potential number one type of a player. And he was that number one for Oregon. So it's not like we are projecting him into a higher volume role that he never experienced in college football. We saw that this past year, and the return on investment was high. So I do think that he has that kind of potential ability as a back-end, first-round kind of a wide receiver. Trevor Sikkim of PFF on the Western Hotline. He and I know I've seen you write about Keon Coleman in the Bills as well. Where are the the early signs for where these guys are going to go? Like, Do you think are, are we going to be talking about trading up in a couple of months for the names that we're talking about now as the draft process goes on and you usually will get your risers and your fallers? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think they're kind of they're in a sweet spot for these guys. You know, it, the wide receiver that I think might be next or one higher on the rankings or the tiers is is Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU. I feel like there's a chance that okay, his average draft position or his projection could be a little bit higher than what the Bills might be comfortable with sitting at their spot and waiting. So I feel like if that's the receiver that they want, who I think also could be a fantastic fit for them, right? If he falls to their spot or maybe he's uh, just a couple of picks ahead of where they're at and available and they could pop up a little bit and go get him, he was fantastic for Jaden Daniels and LSU and that offense is, again, a vertical sideline type of receiver. He's got good length. He's got good speed. If you wanted to continue to push the ball deep down the field with Josh Allen's huge arm, which I know they're going to want to do no matter how the offense looks next year, he is somebody who you can absolutely do that for, but He's the one guy I think, you know, you might need to move up a little bit to go get him. But sitting where they're at, I think, you know, Troy Franklin, Keon Coleman, uh, A.D. Mitchell, Ladd McConkey, guys like this, I think you could all realistically believe that they would be available somewhere around where they're picking right now. So you were at the Senior Bowl all throughout last week, and we were, of course, keeping an eye on the receivers that were there. And I don't know that we had talked about him before the Senior Bowl began, but it seemed like once it began, Lad McConkey was the guy every day that we were, you know, reading about uh, and how well he played. Would you agree with the week that he had? Yeah, and look, I think McConkey had a – I think his best day was day one, which is great because you always want to make a great first impression when it comes to the senior bowl, especially if you're a wide receiver because you know that that probably means that you absolutely cooked people on the highlight clips that are getting shared around social media and all of that. And so he really did a good job doing that on day one. I don't think it was as consistently dominant on day two and day three, but he's just one of the best route runners in this class. He really is. I, you know, When I watched his tape, even going back to summer scouting – uh, I thought that I was going to see, just because of the body type and the usage alone, I, I thought that I was going to see a slot-only type of receiver, but one that was a really great route runner. And he proves to be more of that total package of a wide receiver, as you might expect. He's got really nice long speed. They use him on the outside, uh, not as much as they do on the inside, but plenty. And uh, he's got great blocking ability, too. Pound for pound, this guy will try to uh, try to help out as much as he possibly can in the run game. So you love that willingness from him as well. Uh, and so I do think that Lab McConkey is one of those top 50 type of wide receivers who, whether it's the back end of the first round or maybe it feels like more of a top of the second round type of a wide receiver, he could be a high-volume guy in any sort of offense. Trevor Sigma from PFF, lead draft analyst. The rest of the draft, you know, the storyline is – quarterback tackle receiver my favorite question to ask is how many defensive players go in the first round and is that number maybe the lowest it's been in boy I don't know I mean I'm not sure that number is like at the tip of your tongue but it seems like a very offensive heavy first first round draft 
Yeah, and, you know, I was just going through this exercise with somebody the other day. We were going through a mock draft. I was on the PFF NFL show with Sam and Steve and those guys, and uh, we got to pick 10, and the first defensive player didn't come off the board until we, we only had one. It, it, was, it was pick number nine, actually. It wasn't pick number 10. So we had, we had eight selections start the draft on the offensive side of the ball, and Steve, as that was happening, was like, man, this has got to be pretty unprecedented. We just don't see this very often. But it, it makes sense for where the game is currently going, right? I, I mean, we just went through a head coach hiring cycle around the NFL where offensive coordinators are the ones who are getting these interviews first and foremost and getting these head coaching jobs. And we've heard, you know. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Stories of even these defensive coordinators who are are, um, interviewing for these jobs. Some teams are like, okay, give us your number one offensive coordinator option who you think you would bring in if you were hired as head coach, and then tell us who your number two is for if we have success next year and this guy gets poached. You're like, that's just the desperation for good offenses that we're seeing in the NFL right now. So I think that uh, you're absolutely going to see a reflection of that in the NFL draft. Now, I will say this. Just because I think the top 10, the top 12, is going to be much more focused on offense than defense, there's a lot of really great corners. There's a lot of really great pass rushers uh, that I think will make their way into the first round as well. I think the areas that kind of hold the defense back from really evening things out as the first round goes on is the safety class is not very good. I don't think we get a safety in the first round. Don't think we get a linebacker in the first round either. And probably only two interior defensive tackles. So even though there are going to be maybe five or six edge rushers to make it in the first round, maybe five corners as well, that's still much less than half of the first round because the rest of those positions aren't very strong. Man, that just running back too, I know I've heard is, you know, not looking like it's likely that a guy will go in the first round for that position too. We just keep checking names or positions off the list. Uh, I, the receiver class is so deep, Trevor, that – I, I don't know, like, we're, you hear once in a while, like, well, there's so many receivers, like, go take your defensive linemen in round one. The Bills only have basically three under contract, and you can still get your receiver in round two. But, man, I, that is just, it, it's. I guess I'm spooked because they tried to do that a couple years ago when Pickens went in front of them and Sky Moore and all those guys. Um, does it feel like... This is a year, though, where you can wait till the end of round two if you think you can address something else in round one and still get an impact player to replace a Gabe Davis? 
Yeah, and, and, and that's the game of the draft, right? I think that that's the fun-slash-stressful part for a lot of these general managers is not only understanding the talent level that these players have, is you're trying to predict, just like the rest of us are, what the rest of the league is going to be doing because in a vacuum and on paper, yes, that's what I would tell people. And I've done Buffalo Bills mock drafts before where I have had them taking maybe an offensive line player at some point in the year or a defensive lineman, like you mentioned, in the first round. And, you know, I'll have conversations with Bills fans who are like, man, we need a wide receiver so badly. And I say to them, yeah, but I can rattle off names of receivers that will be able to help them that you can get in round two and round three to fill that void. I can't really do that with edge rushers or um, offensive linemen or interior defensive linemen. Just a lot of the good ones just go in that first round because they're those premium trench positions. And so I'm not saying that, that a world cannot exist where you don't take a stud wide receiver in the first round. And then you also find some good trench players a little bit later, but it just gets more and more risky yeah. when you move further away from that first round pick if you need someone along the trenches. And so it's just something to consider. And it's just part of why we do a lot of these exercises to say, okay, let's run some simulations to see what it looks like. If we were to pass on a wide receiver, are we happy with our total package of players that we're able to bring in? I, yeah. That, Trevor, that's my favorite point. Like once you make your pick at one to wait 32 more picks, basically, and to try and play that game, and especially with these two spots, like the Bills will be desperate at both spots. You will be, I mean, it's not, you know, rocket science. Whatever. The, the entire league will know. Well, next time up on the board, we know what they want. So everybody knows that and can get in front of you. And you as the Bills might realize that if you make that D lineman pick at 28 or wide receiver pick, that by the time you get to the second round, you're going to have to move. Because if it is scarce at defensive line or if the receiver you like might be gone, all of a sudden you're you're kind of just building in a, pr- a higher price you're going to have to pay because you've got yourself in a desperate spot. I agree. Yeah, it's 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 and that again, that again, that is that is the part of the game where man, we've seen GMs on draft weekend. Uh, you being able to play cool under pressure. You know, we talk about that for quarterbacks all the time. You know, they're great under pressure. You know, there's there's also I think a grade for general managers under pressure where uh, you're you're on the clock. And look, a lot of these draft conversations and potential trades and what we're going to do here, a lot of these scenarios are worked out before draft weekend even gets kicked off. So you have a blueprint. It's very rare that uh, any of these GMs or front offices have situations that that come up that they just straight up had no plan for. Uh, but still, it's very different in the moment. You know, when you're trying to make your team better and uh, let's face it, for Buffalo, it's a it's 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 a little bit of extra pressure because where they are in their winning window, you know, they've got to nail these picks to make sure that they can continue to compete uh, while they have the roster that uh, says they can. Tampa Bay trade Trevor Sikama on the Western Outline. I saw on your NFL Stock Exchange podcast with you and Connor Rogers that you had multiple quarterbacks going in the teens, even after the first three. How has that progressed in the last week with the Senior Bowl and whatnot, and also? Uh, do, do you have a thought on Spencer Rattler? Because I feel like he's a name that I'm starting to see pop up a little bit more and more in the last few weeks. Yeah, Spencer had a really good week. I, I thought, you know, when a lot of people came to Mobile, they were looking for Bo Nix or Michael Penix to really grab that QB1 title by the reins. You know, not not in the draft overall. I figure that's from Caleb Williams. But for that event, you know, we were looking for those guys to show up and, and just really – I have a great week of practice and, and showcase a lot of what people makes um, what, what people believe makes those players first round worthy. And we saw that at times, 
But there was still that inconsistency from both of those guys. Nick's was a little bit of a slow burn. Didn't really start out the week very well. He just looked tight, looked nervous the first you know, couple of days, and then really warmed up. That day two had more good throws. Day three, I think he ended the week really strong and then had a strong showing in the game as well. Penix was just kind of up and down the entire week. But Spencer Rattler, I felt, was – more of a steady, good presence throughout the week, no matter who he was throwing to. Uh, he liked his favorite target, Xavier Leggett, for a little bit early on in the week as he was getting settled and his, uh, his feet wet, if you will. But I just felt, I just feel as though Rattler is somebody who I think is going to go day two in this draft. I really do. You know, whether it's somebody valuing him enough to take him on round, in, in round two, or I think it's more likely that he is a day, or sorry, a round three selection. His arm talent is still so good, and for people that have not kept tabs with him since he went from Oklahoma to South Carolina, it feels like he has matured. It feels like his game has matured, and he still has that high-end talent. And When people look at the stats and say, okay, why didn't he do more when he was at South Carolina then? (laughs) Their offensive line was bad. Their offensive line was one of the worst in the SEC, um, one of the worst in the country at times. So I think that was really holding it back more than his talent uh, and what he could bring to the table as a quarterback. So I thought that he had a good week. But getting back to your first question, I feel as though we're still going to get four or five quarterbacks in the first round. There's just a lot of teams that desperately need quarterback upgrades, and there's not a strong free agency field for them, right? I think you look at, okay, Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, are those guys really the only solidified quarterbacks that are available? It sure doesn't sound like Baker Mayfield's getting out of Tampa. So with a lot of these teams that need quarterbacks, Denver, Minnesota, uh, Las Vegas, you know, these teams right in the middle there that could use quarterback upgrades. So the Falcons in there as well. It doesn't seem like the Saints are going to be in on a quarterback. We know their fans talk about that. And so there's just more quarterback needy teams than it feels like there are free agent quarterbacks. So we've got to wait uh, till next month to see how that plays out. But to me, that still just spells these teams taking a chance on a Knicks, a J.J. McCarthy, maybe a Michael Penix uh, when it comes to the first round. So I still think we get four or five of these quarterbacks in there. Trevor, 30 seconds. Give us what happens on Sunday. I, you won't hear me bet against Mahomes. I mean, I thought you know, going into this postseason, I was like, okay, here we go. Here's the challenge. He's on the road uh, in Buffalo. He's on the road in Baltimore. Let's see what he's made of. And, well, oh, look at that. He's made of exactly what we've seen over the last couple of years. So 49ers, incredible team, but I'm not betting up against Mahomes. I think it's going to be lower scoring than people believe because of the defensive talent for the 49ers and Steve Spagnuolo uh, for the Chiefs. But ultimately, I think Kansas City wins it. All right. All right. Trevor Sikkimup, Pro Football Focus. Trevor, thanks so much. Yeah, of course, guys. Anytime. All right. Tampa Bay Trey on Twitter and uh, Troy Franklin, one I like. In his mock, he does have the Chiefs trading up ahead of the Bills. For a receiver? Yes. That is not Troy Franklin? That's right. As long as they get one. I believe I – mean, I, I just closed it. Let me pull it back up. It was uh, – I believe it's Brian Thomas Jr. That's your guy. That's the guy I think is the best idea if the Bills can somehow get him to fall there. Although Troy Franklin's like right there on the level with me. Yeah. Yeah. I like it better than I like the Keon Coleman idea. But, you know, all these ideas are subject to change. Wide receiver draft ideas of the day. In his mock, wide receivers go early, but Adunze goes nine, and then no one goes until 26. Mm-hmm. It'll be important, I think, that... Like these two, these two teams, they always get compared. The, the Chiefs are in the Bills' way. They're both going to make big investments at receiver this offseason. Yep. And the Bills getting it right, more right than Kansas City does. Like that'll, 
I, I don't want to say it's a wash, but if Troy Franklin and Br- Brian Thomas are on both teams and they're both great, then we're just kind of right back where we started with that specific matchup. But if they do something else or they don't hit on theirs and, you know, Troy Franklin's a bill and amazing, I mean, that's, that's not what you're trying to do. You're trying to get ahead. Yeah, i got to get ahead of him in some spots. And they're going to be looking at the same position. Extendo Sports and then the Extra Point Show here on WGR. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.